Hey, this is Carrie from Wrap Your Head Around Silks. This is the Expecting Aerialist podcast. How's it going, guys? Hope you're having an amazing week. Um, before we get started, lots going on with Wrap Your Head Around Silks. Go ahead and the show notes um, rolled out. I'm adding another night, so we're going to do Tuesday, 7 p.m. Pacific time. I know that's hard for people not living uh, in the States, but if you want to do guided 60-minute virtual rolling classes geared towards aerialists, um, you know, it's it's geared for you guys. It's made for you guys. So I hope to see you guys there and in person um, on the screen. I get to actually talk to you guys, which is awesome. And lots of other stuff. Go to the show notes. Check it out there. All right. Today we have Jen Bricker. Now, Jen is part of our aerial community. And I know her through interpersonal relationships here. But she actually is known worldwide. Um, she was born without legs, then given up for adoption raised by her loving family in a small town, and she blazed her own path. She became a competitive tumbler, then an acrobat, then an aerialist. In 2009, she toured with Britney Spears on the circus tour. Then in 2012, her story broke with the news that her biological sister was none other than the Olympic gymnast Dominic Mosciano. And um, that story, since then, she's written books, she travels the world, she performs, and she is now pregnant with her first child um they recently moved back to their hometown and they're gonna have their first baby with the support of a huge network that they have their family and friends and um yeah so jen is kind of this worldwide figure but then she's also in our community and she joins us to talk about her pregnancy and her uh her outlook on everything so excited to have her here today let's get started you know, we had the baby shower last weekend and we had everybody from like multiple states, somebody from Canada, people staying at our house. So it was like, it was a very busy weekend, which was but a really awesome weekend, like really good weekend. Have any favorite part of your, your baby shower? Was there anything that stands out? So because we had people, like I said, that were from like all different, um, from like just so many different states and, and countries and stuff that everybody didn't know everybody. So I, um, we had people, everybody go around and say how they met me. And oh. yeah, yeah, that was just, and it was so like special, the things that people said and just like the memories and yeah, it was very sweet, very sweet. Was there a lot of tears? Mm-hmm. There were a lot of tears, actually. So I'm not sweet. a big crier, but there was a lot of tears from everybody else. And then just also, like, it was so touching, you know? Like, I don't know. You never know what memory sticks out in, you know, in someone. And so it was just really special. And my biological family was there. So that was, like, a whole different element. And just, yeah, it was really cool. So... I had to go back in my mind too to remember when that story broke because it was all over the news mm -hmm. and it looks like it was 2012. Yeah, that's when it first broke, yes. And your life since then has all obviously changed because you were recognizable in the world. Yeah, it started kind of, <laughs> it's interesting, like it, it goes or it has gone, I suppose, in phases like um 
when I was younger, oh geez, probably starting at eight or nine. Yeah. That's when I started power tumbling and doing all the sports that I did, but power tumbling was kind of like my favorite. And that's what started getting all the, the TV and the media and all that started about then, about when I was eight or nine. And because no, no, I was the first person without legs to ever tumble, to ever compete, to ever win state champion, to go to junior Olympics, to, you know, and I didn't realize it was such a big deal at the time, but that's kind of the, I guess you want to say the first phase of when all that like media started, it started local and then it went regional, then it went national, then it went international. And so it was like kind of my whole childhood up until my early teens. Then I saw, I did softball, basketball and volleyball too, but those were, power tumbling was like my favorite and I competed for four years in that. Then I didn't do any sports. Then when I started doing, uh, becoming a professional acrobat and aerialist, then, you know, in the beginning, everybody was like, afraid to hire me because kind of, again, now we're here in this phase where nobody had ever seen somebody without legs doing what I did, doing trampoline, doing aerial. And so people were really afraid to put me in front of an audience. Um, Just, Mm. you know, how would they react? What if it makes people feel uncomfortable? Kind of nobody just knew what to do because they just had never seen it, which, I mean, I get it. I'm not even mad about it, but it's just, it is, it was what it was. It was like 15 years ago. And, but then I got on tour with Britney Spears and it was like, boom, then all the doors open performing and I went all over the world. I mean, I went all over the world with her, but after that. What tour was that, Jen? The circus tour. It was, uh, 2009. Oh my God. I didn't even know that. So Mm -hmm. you started, you started your circus aerial in what year? Because I, I'm catching up on this actually. Yeah. I started in 2008. And it was a very fast track. Like that next year, I was on tour with Britney Spears. It was very unusual. Like that's not normal how you start your career. Well, also you had a gymnastics background, which which put like anybody who has gymnastics, it's like just getting on another apparatus, obviously. It's not training from the bottom up. Right. I mean, I had the strength, but I was out of shape. I needed to lose weight. And there was a whole like how do you do this without legs kind of thing. So I knew how to flip. I knew how to do trampoline. Trampoline was okay. I had to learn how to do partnering stuff and refine my skills. Okay. But Ariel was like, nobody knew. There was nobody to ask. There was nobody to look at. There was no one to learn from. There was no one like me that had ever done it. So every skill, my, the partner that I was performing with, he was, he'd been doing it for 10 years. He was much older than me and he was training me. And then we became performing partners. But in the beginning, it was like, how? well, no one knew how to do it. So we just had trial and error every day for months. And it was like, I was just so excited, you know, to learn. And I was so interested in it and so motivated by it. But it was like, I mean, it kicked my butt, you know, like it was, I had the strength, but like I said, I needed to get in shape. Eventually, I just naturally lost weight and got in shape because it was so hard. Uh, but it was like, well, we had to figure out how I do all of the stuff under the aerial umbrella without legs. You know, there's no locks with your feet. There's no locks with your knees. There's no, I mean, you know what I mean? So it was like, and then through that discovering kind of, oh, there's actually certain things I can do because I don't have legs that make it more interesting. So, and it was kind of like that on trampoline too, with the partnering stuff. So, but it was just a lot of trial and error and 
a lot of people not understanding it in, you know, in that world in the beginning and uh, because it was so foreign and it was interesting. It was an interesting time. And then after the Britney tour, that kind of blew the doors wide open for me to be able to have a place on stage in the entertainment industry. And then it just kind of blew up from there. And then that third phase, I don't know, however many years later would be then the whole revealing of the sister story. So it kind of was like building blocks. And I guess the fourth, yeah. Sister story was after that. After all of that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. And then my book came out about four years after that. So that was like another wave of like, so it's interesting. Like, I guess I kind of see it in phases because it makes more, it gives you that full picture. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the Ariel stuff first because I, yeah. you know, obviously this audience obviously. and then obviously, and then I want to talk about your pregnancy as well, but mm-hmm. first of all, talk about the apparatuses, talk about how do you make, like, what are your go-tos and like, how, how do you, how did you end up forming your practice? Like the nuts and bolts. I want to know like how you do things. And then also if this has opened up a lot for other people who have challenges in the same ways. Like, I don't like have people reached out to you. Like, is there a whole community of people? I started training with my partner, my old, my old performing partner, Nate, and he started training me on silks. So that's the first apparatus that I started training on. Didn't know anything from anything and believe it or not, <laughs> and now it's absolutely unbelievable and hilarious to think of, but he kind of like pseudo tricked me. And I'm really glad he did because the first thing he, aside from like the basics, the first big skill he started teaching me was roll-ups. You're like, you know, which is like ridiculous. And I didn't know any better. I didn't know that was like extremely difficult, you know? And at that time, 15 years ago, I think there was only one woman and she was in Lanuba back in the day who did roll-ups and I think on straps, not even on silks. So it was like, but here I am thinking, well, he can, I watch him and he just does it like no big deal five or six, however many. And it was like, I couldn't figure out why it was so hard for me. You know, I couldn't get it. It was like, it, it seemed impossible. And I'm so glad now that that was the first skill that I learned because now that's one of my most solid skills on silks. You know, it's very hard. It, I mean, it's still, if I don't do them for a while, I've got to kind of get back in it, but it's hard. I mean, it, it took me, that would probably be single-handedly on silks. That was my hardest skill to learn, I would say, just in general. I have one on trampoline too that was the hardest, but so silks, I started on, uh, Ariel, I started on silks, started doing partner work and it was experimenting every day five days a week. I was working at Disney world and then I would go and train for hours and we would train. We would usually warm up on trampoline and wait for the silk space to be available. Cause it was like a gym that was, it was in Orlando and it was shared with like soccer and aerial and tumbling. And it was just this big place. And so we kind of made a trampoline act by accident because he realized, Oh my gosh, there's so much we can do as partners because actually of my body, which is the interesting part. So there were so many uh, kind of manipulations that we could do because I didn't have legs in the way. (laughs) So it was really interesting. So 
we ended up forming a trampoline act and a silk act or training. Silks took much longer because it was just like, again, how do you do all this? And then we started learning how to fly and then all the partnering stuff, you know, hanging from his neck and doing, you know, hanging from the feet and all of these partnering things that, you know, that you do. But it was like bruises and purple and black and blue for months. I could barely, I mean, I was so sore every day, so driven, so motivated. I was just so excited. I think my passion is what kept me pushing through. And I was going to be in fashion before. So I like had a whole five-year plan, like five years of planning all my high school, year after, everything was toward fashion. And I turned all of that and put it all aside to go and pursue performing. So I put everything all in. And I was uh, living in Orlando. I grew up in Illinois, so I was 15 hours away from home. And, you know, just everything in life was very new. And so that was kind of, and I was training also, like most of it was just practical training. And then I did some working out on the side. And then be, through him, like training me and teaching me is how we became performing partners because he realized that there was just so much that we could do together that it was, you know, we should perform together. And obviously no one had ever done it. So that's kind of the shorter version, I suppose. But um, yeah, it was just really experimenting. And I think people thought we were, people definitely thought he was crazy for being my partner. Uh, All his performer friends, like, yeah, told him he's like throwing away his career. He shouldn't be my partner. You know, it's just kind of a crazy, it's just, it was, it was just such a different time. You know, you have to kind of put yourself in that it had never been seen and people just didn't get it. So a lot of people did, but a lot of people didn't. And so it was just one of those things we just, I don't know. I knew people would get it and I knew people would love it. It just knew it. And I knew it in me, but they had to kind of see that end product or, you know, they came and saw me on the Britney tour. Yeah. You had to, you had to show them. They couldn't imagine it. What I'm trying to understand for myself. And I don't think I've seen you in the training studio. Um, I know we have a lot of the same friends. How do you rest on silks? Without yeah. feet or legs. I mean, I depend on them so much. There's not really a resting, I suppose. I mean, if I do like a one arm flying, I'll wrap one wrist. And I guess that would be like a sort of a rest, even though it kills your wrists after a while. But um, that's not extraordinarily strenuous. Like if I was flying or something, doing like a flight yeah. Yeah. Or, uh, or partnering depending on if it's silks or straps or whatever it is, um, you have certain positions where I guess you can take a rest moment, you know, if you are hanging from the feet or if you, like if the guy is laying on his back and you sit on top for a second, switching positions or something like that. Um, I didn't do a lot of that with silks that not in the beginning. So I'm trying to think back. I don't really think I had a lot of, rest. I mean, most of our performances were with aerial motors. They were bigger performances, not all of them, but you have, you know, you go up, you go down. So I guess when I come down, that would be switching positions and stuff like that. So yeah. Oh, it's just so hard. I mean, I give it to you. You must be, your arms must be like, because they do everything for you, your hands and your arms, right? They, yes, that and my core that they're, 
they're pretty strong. (laughs) So how has it been to be semi-famous, semi, you know, you go into an airport, you know, people recognize you. Mm -hmm. What is that like? Yeah, it's, um, part of me is like, I've been used to people looking at me my whole life kind of a thing because it's just natural when you look very different on the outside, people will stare or they'll look or they'll whatever, you know, and it's one of those things I think I just got so used to. Um, but it's, it is a little different, of course, if somebody then is coming up to you and like, Oh my gosh, I saw you on this and Oh, I saw you on that. And, you know, and it's, people are always so excited and it's, it's so, it's so sweet. Like I, I really, I love meeting people. I love traveling. I love, I think it's cool because people then usually open up and tell you kind of their story, Mm. which I I really like that. That happens after a speech too. Like I've been speaking for many years professionally as well. And so usually just anytime you share about your life, often people will just be more up, like more apt to share about their life. So I've got to meet so many people that way and hear about their lives Um, and so it's, it's for a while, it was like everywhere I went, like Trader Joe's, the airport, wherever people were, you know, uh, coming up when certain pieces would release like HBO real sports or ESPN or like the really, really big ones. Or obviously like when we were on, you know, big morning shows or something, then it would be like more of a, uh, a wave of people were like, Oh my gosh, I saw you. I saw you, you know, it would happen all the time everywhere. And so, but it, I don't know, it was something that it just seemed like, yeah, this is, this is how it's supposed to be. You know, I'm supposed, I I was given my life and everything to share with people, you know, and that's what comes along with it. And so um, I'd say the interesting part, very interesting because here I am and I don't have legs. I was born like that. And so that's why, you know, it can cause such polar opposite reactions so once people started knowing who I was or knowing like what I did or that I did aerial acrobatic tumbling that I did all this stuff you have the like I could have polar opposite reactions within a five minute period if someone hadn't seen me didn't know who I was they could easily just kind of you know respond and and they're not gonna see me and think oh yeah she's an acrobat that's not like the first thought you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so it could be kind of that like either the staring or the, or maybe like pity or some, some sort of like in that direction, you know? And then you have the opposite side where someone comes up and they act like I'm a, like a, a superhuman robot who's perfect. You know, they're like, you don't have a bad day. You're unbelievable. How do you, you know, it's so high up mm. the, the expectation or the idea of who I am. And so it, it's very interesting to be treated so oppositely within like, it, sometimes honestly, like five minute time frame, you know, so to be treated so incapable, like, especially in airports, oh my, where they think I can't go to my seat by myself or do anything. And it's like overly white glove treatment. And, and you can't like, what am I going to do? 
tell somebody that I'm, you know, if I tell someone what I do, it goes over their head if they can't think that I can't even move for myself, right? So you have to pick and choose your battles. (laughs) And then you have somebody who's like the other side of the world, like, oh my gosh, you're like a superhero and you fly, you know? So that was interesting. That was like, man, this is so interesting how they're just such opposites, you know? And to have the capacity to take all that in with the grace that you do, like you come off to me today, 2023, very confident, (laughs) very confident woman, right? I mean, this is something that in our community, we know very well. So (laughs) when did that, when did that get born in you? I mean, do you ever remember feeling different? Um, so I was, so I was adopted. I was raised in a very small town in the middle of nowhere, Illinois. And, um, my parents just, I wasn't ever treated differently at home. And I really wasn't treated differently at school. You know, it was a small school. So we all grew up together, kindergarten. Most of us who started kindergarten graduated high school together. So it's not like it was some big new shocking thing to anybody. So, you know, (laughs) it just kind of was like, that's who I am. And I knew that that was a part of me, obviously, you know, Um, but I never remember, nor do my parents or anybody um, remember kind of like where I felt where I had a big issue about it. I just put it that way. It was never my identity. It was a part of me. Absolutely. But it was never something that I had like a big hang up about. I think it was harder, well, not as a kid, but as an adult, uh, more challenging for other people to get around the fact that I don't have a hangup than for me to get around it far, far more. It's hard to be able to grasp that, but that's just how it was growing up. There just was no big deal. You know, I knew I was adopted. I knew probably my biological family was from Romania. I knew there was probably a very good chance they gave me up because I didn't have legs or that that was at least a big part of it. But it's not, I mean, I don't know. It just kind of is what it is. And it was something I think because my parents were so open about it Mm. that I think that really, like I always remember knowing there wasn't a time that I didn't know any of this. So they were really, really open and honest from very young. And I think that really helped because then there was nothing to carry. There was no elephant in the room. You know, it was just what it was. And my parents said, you know, like we prayed for you, like you were our answer prayer. You're supposed to be here. It doesn't matter why they gave you up. You don't have to hate them. You don't know what was going on in their life. They're from a completely different culture where people like you were looked at very differently, you know, and that shapes your mentality. So all of that, I think, is a big reason of why I just had such confidence. Um, They always made me feel so cute too. Like, oh, you're so little and you're so cute. So I thought being little was really cute. You know, (laughs) like I just thought, I don't know. It's, it's amazing how, you know, when somebody speaks life into you and a lot of people speak life into you, then it affects you. I mean, and it can, it can go the other way too, where you're speaking death into people and you're, you can discourage people. And so in both ways, um, that has a huge effect. And so 
there was just this, I think I was always naturally like assertive and confident in that way. But I think not having legs probably amplified it even more just because I wanted to do everything that everybody else did. And I didn't even, it didn't dawn on me that I couldn't because no one ever told me I couldn't. So it was like, well, yeah, obviously I have to do things differently or I have to work harder at this or that. But it was just a matter of fact. It was like, duh, of, of course I do. You know, it wasn't something that I kind of got hung up on. I just knew it, did it and moved on, you know, in that way of like, well, if you want to do it, then this is what you have to do kind of a thing, you know? And so that's just kind of how I guess my mind was with all the sports or all the things that I did. I had to do them a little differently, you know, obviously, yeah. and try a little, I had to experiment a lot. But I had people who were just willing to say like, yeah, I've never done this, like my coaches, but I'm going to try and I'm not going to treat you differently. And that's all, I mean, that's the best you can ask for, you know? I mean, you must have so many people asking you advice on this stuff because just in the, in the last 10 minutes, I mean, people search their whole lives for that type of um, motivation or just belief in, them, in them, themselves, you know, mm. like who have all, all the facility in the world, you know, mm-hmm. born, born normal and they can't get their head around those, those things that you've just talked about. So, no, I'm sure, I'm sure people must ask you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think being the way I am and doing all the things I've done, it's like, I could have chosen an easier life too. You know, I could have chosen an easier career. Um, but it just wasn't meant to be that way. And so I think being in all these situations and traveling in all the foreign countries, that was a, that's a big eye opener. You know, that's where I get treated very differently. That's a whole different ball game. But by being in all these situations, I think it is um, by nature, just, I had to deal with things that I was confronted Mm -hmm. with them much more. So you, you can, I guess you don't have to deal with them, but I wanted to deal with them. So I think it, you know what I mean? Like I work through things. I have worked through so much already. And then all the interviews, all the talk shows, all the questions come up too. So I think, all of that is is why you know um, I've thought about You've all done these the work so much. Yeah, I, yeah, put in a lot of work because yeah, kind of either you do it or the or you ignore it. it. It's you know you're faced with it. Oh my goodness, I love it. Okay, where are you in your pregnancy and how do you feel? Yes, I'm 29 weeks officially tomorrow, so. Uh, in the third trimester now, which is, it's great. I don't, it's like flown by. I mean, it, we've been really busy, of course, with events and traveling, but it has gone so fast. Uh, it's hard to believe. And I, I mean, it's been like, it's my first pregnancy. So everything's new, you know? I mean, yeah, you have things that you, I guess, think, you know, or expect. And some of those are real and most of them aren't like, <laughs> I guess in my head, you know, like I didn't have any weird food cravings. Uh, I had um, like, now that he's gotten a lot bigger, my belly's bigger for my body. Everybody says I'm so tiny, but I'm like, I don't, I don't, I'm 
that's not how it is for me. You know, my boobs are like gigantic. My belly uh-huh. is, you know, it's so there are a lot of things that just even lifting my body up, that was so interesting, like lifting up my weight. Like when I lift my whole body up, like, oh, I feel that, you know, and learning about like hugging the baby when you work out and, and kind of um, bringing in your abs a little bit so that when you do yeah. exercises, you know, didn't know about that, of course, learned about it now. I really like, it actually does feel much better when I'm doing my exercises. Um, but my exercises have been like, you know, maybe a little modified, but not much, but I feel good. Like I feel, I feel like I feel stronger when I work out sometimes than when I'm just at the house. It's so weird. You know, it's like, I don't know if it's just because you feel great when you work out, but I feel strong and good and I don't overdo it. I would say I'm very, for me, very average. Um, you know, I don't, I don't overdo it but I do enough that I feel really good. Um, I'm happy with, you know, not really gaining. I, I think my body is just really only belly and boobs. Really, I've gained, really, my face hasn't changed much. Nothing else, really. That's what I wanted, but you mm-hmm. never, you know, I don't know. Food, I'm eating a little bit more, but not that much more at all. Um, and so sleep is like, we have a tempur mattress, and it's like, when you try to move, it's like quicksand, you know? So, and then I have all these pillows and I have to like climb over them because now I have to pee all throughout the night. And I'm yeah. like, I swear my biggest challenge is literally like the sleep, not the sleep, but the getting out of the bed over the obstacle course two or three times a night when I'm already heavier in the front, you know, it's so much pressure on my wrists because I'm lifting it. And I'm like, those are the things you don't think I didn't think about. Like that, I did not think about that being a problem. You know, I had trained myself before where I never woke up at night, never peed, cut my fluids off early so I would have uninterrupted sleep. And now, you know, train myself to sleep on my back, everything, the best you could, you know, and I can't do any of it anymore. Then I'm like, wow, you know, so it's, that was, that was like an adjustment of just frustration, you know, like, yeah, it's just now I'm okay. I'm a lot more, you know, used to that sleeping on my side with all the pillows and with all the things. And, but man, getting up and peeing in the middle of the night and going through the quicksand pillows. I'm like, I, this is like, <laughs> I'm, I, that's, yeah, that's tough. <laughs> And for me, I've only been pregnant once. I have my kid behind me. Um, the third trimester, I don't think I slept. I don't think I slept like an eight-hour span the entire third trimester. Really? Ever. Yeah, because I had to pee. I had to pee. Oh. I was uncomfortable. I'm, I, hate, I hate having to side sleep. I want to sleep on my belly. Yeah. Oh, on your belly. Okay. Which you can't do. Right, obviously. Obviously. So, um, and then you go into being a mom and you're not going to sleep. So let's, right. let's, move, let's move forward. Yeah. So do you, have a, <laughs> do you have a birth plan that you would want to share? Of course, if you don't, we can always talk about it after. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, my plan is uh, home birth, water birth. Um, that's been the... It's interesting. I... <laughs> Years ago, like now, probably eight or nine years ago, before I was ever even wanting to 
in being a place to be married, let alone have a kid. I was, I don't even know how it started, but maybe a friend of mine got pregnant or we were just talking about pregnancy. And I was like, I was really afraid of it. And I thought, well, I guess I don't know a lot about it. So maybe if I learn more about it, I won't be as afraid. So I started just asking like everybody I knew who had kids who <laughs> was older than me. And I got, I asked everybody from one extreme to the other, one uh, from scheduled C-section to home water birth and everything in between. And it, I learned so much. And this is a course, this is over the course of years. And so through asking people, is how I kind of got an interest in home birth. And it was just slowly, you know, little by little, year after year. And then by the time I got married and it was starting to become more of a reality, like we still didn't, I wanted to be married and then wait a little bit. And just, you know, we were traveling so much and speaking and performing. And um, I mean, we still are, I guess, but not performing, but speaking and traveling right now. And uh, so, and he's from a different country, my husband. So we had a lot to kind of like, logistically deal with before we wanted to have kids but by that time I was already 90% sure I wanted to have a home birth and then I started following midwives like on Instagram and I eventually did a, an Instagram live with one of them and asked kind of all the remaining questions I mean that everybody has but that I had and that I knew other people would be interested in so I did it on the live but it really helped me and it really solidified like that last 10% of that's what I want to do. And I became confident in that. So then by the time I actually got pregnant, I already knew what I wanted to do. But it was like, well, now we live in Illinois. We moved from LA last year and we're like in a small town. So I'm thinking, well, how am I going to find a midwife? Like, how am I going to find the kind of midwife that I want? Let alone, and, you know, so I start interviewing people like an hour away and, and this and that. Well, ended up, being there's a midwife in our town in our small town and she is unbelievable I mean she's everything I wanted she's like extremely knowledgeable extremely experienced in all things in it just I mean she was a labor and delivery nurse for years before she became that's kind of what led her into being a midwife and anyway she's just been phenomenal and uh yeah so that's it's been a long kind of lead up to coming to that decision. Yeah. I didn't know that you weren't in LA anymore. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've been away now for a year, a little over a year. How is that transition for you? Oh, it's been great. I have to say like, Oh yeah. My husband and I love it. Like we, it was just time. Like it was like, I've been there over 11 years in LA and it was just, and on to the next. There, there was no. That's how it was. But it's interesting. Like that's how it was when I left Illinois for to Florida. I didn't miss it. I didn't skip a beat. And I have. And I love my family. I have a big family, you know. But it was just time to go, you know. And now Florida, when I left, that was a little harder. When I moved from Florida to LA, there was definitely a an adjustment, a kind of a mourning of my friends and everything I had like left behind. But that was the right move. But then moving out of LA was just, oh, it was like, yeah, bye. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's just kind of how, 
life was so, I don't know, we're just in such a different place in our life and all my family's here. And then, then we get, then I get pregnant and we're living here and we have all of the support and love. I can imagine. It was just so perfect. Like this is exactly where we're supposed to be. And we have a house, you know, like we bought a house. We don't have to, we have a yard. We like, it's just such a different life. And it's such a nice home base in between all the travel. It's so yeah, different. because you're in a small town, but you still live a very, very busy, fast yes. lifestyle because of all, all your work. Yes. So you're in your hometown. Yes, I'm in my hometown. Oh my God. That must feel so nice though. Like, because <laughs> it just feels, I mean, there's just like a, like a warmth about that. So much. I mean, the, 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 the two ladies who just planned my baby shower a week ago was my kindergarten teacher and my kindergarten aide. I mean, that just tells oh my God. you, I know, I know. Like they're just, and they're the cutest little adorable people. They're like five foot nothing. And I love <laughs> them. They're like these little humans. And I also offer, you know, have all these little, hu- and they're just adorable and so sweet and genuinely happy for us. Genuinely love us. And they have been that way my whole life, you know, and there's tons of people like that here. So it's a very special place. My husband loves it too. We have amazing neighbors who just like bring us zucchini bread and tomatoes from their garden and brownies. Like, I mean, that's literally like, they'll just bring it over, you know, like that, that is how that's where we live. And it's just, it's such a good contrast with the busy life, you know, when we came back and lived in LA, it was like, it was, we came from these extreme highs of be either being on a, a tour run of a performance or a weekend performance or a speech or, you know, a series of like being gone for a week or two with events of whatever. And then you come back, but you're still in the hustle and bustle. You're still in this, like, and we did everything to kind of, you know, be out of that, even though we were in LA. But when you are here, when we live here in a small town, it just automatically, you just, you just come down in a different way. And it, it's been such an unexpected blessing, like beyond, I couldn't have imagined. I never thought I would live here again, ever. And it just ended up happening through a series of events that we found ourselves here. And then, and it was just like, confirmation, confirmation, confirmation. This is where you're supposed to be. So we bought a house. We're like, okay. (laughs) And it's been really nice. We really love it. Oh my goodness. That's awesome. And um, so you have so much family. So you're going to have this baby. And as a contrast to me, (laughs) when you, when you have a kid, when you have a baby in LA and none of your family is here, I mean, my partner, some of his family's here. It's just so difficult. Mm-hmm. I mean, my parents flew in like three months into, they were here when she was just born, but then they, two and a half months later, they flew in. By the time they got there, I think I'd lost my mind <laughs> because my child didn't sleep. Oh, no. And I also struggled with some postpartum anxiety. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't able to sleep even when I had the chance. So Mm. I had almost lost my mind. And my parents were the only ones that, you know, my mom will just 
taker and I could, I could rest. So I'm really excited for <laughs> for you to have that yes. much family because you have like a big family, right? Yes. Yes, I do. Um, yeah, I have a lot of my, my mom, my dad, my three brothers, nieces, nephews, my kindergarten teacher, my, who's by the way, like she's, um, her specialty is in early childhood development. So she's like, and it's so bizarre because like I said, I never, ever, ever thought I would live here. Like ever. It, it was not an option. It, I would have laughed at you. I would have been like, no way. Ha ha. You know? And when I thought, man, I ever have kids. I want her to like be in their early lives because she's so amazing. And she's also like really accomplished in that. Like she knows so much about that in like the, not like a robot on a conveyor belt kind of a way, but like really holistically kind of a way. And I just can't believe that I'm actually living here and she's actually in our lives. You know, she lives 10 minutes from us. It's just, it's mind blowing, you know, and they're all asking us and begging us. Like they can't wait to, to babysit, you know, he's not even here and they mean it, you know? So we are just overwhelmed, like by the amount of like, you know, people here actually, they actually mean it when they say these things. I, I've known them my whole life. They actually mm-hmm. are happy for us. They actually love us and care about us. And that's very different. You know, that, that hits very differently. And we're really thankful. Like I, I just, yeah, I kind of can't believe it. <laughs> and um, for the ladies out there who are always wondering how far people train into the pregnancy. So you mm-hmm. are still, you're still training. Are you still training in the air? I want to be, but I don't have anywhere yet to really train here. That's the thing. I can set things up. Okay. Yeah. I can set things up temporarily, but, um, and I can always throw a rig up in the backyard, but we have four seasons here and it's super humid in the summer. So it's really, it's not that realistic here to put a rig up in the backyard because it's like, you're kind of then down to less than half a year, much less. I cannot deal with humidity and silks always stick when you're humid. And anyway, I just get so hot. And so it's kind of unrealistic, but there's a new rec center opening up brand new in a couple months here, high ceilings. So that I think is going to be my kind of my, my in, I think I'm gonna be able to hang up some silks and train there. I did some during my photo shoot, my maternity shoot. I did some on silks like, they had fabric but it wasn't you know it wasn't performing silks but it was silks and I was surprised at how like I I didn't realize it but in the shoot I was just trying to get like logistically I was in a cocoon in a hammock because I wanted to do this certain shot and I just pulled myself up and someone was like I can't believe you could just do that I'm like what are you talking about and then I was kind of like oh wow you're right I kind of can't believe like I thought it would be harder and like, it was different. Mm. It was definitely noticeably different. You know, there's much more weight, but it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. Like, like, I think I could have even hung upside. Like I could have just went upside down. I can still do a handstand. So I'm trying to keep that. I'm trying to see if I can still do a handstand throughout the whole pregnancy. So, so far I can, it's much harder, much different. Mm much different, you know, because I don't, I don't kick up 
I have to basically do like, as if you did a press up, like a, you know, handstand. So yeah, I, have I don't to, even know what to say. I can't even do a press up. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, so it's, it's all yeah. core lifting. So it, you know, it's, but I can still pull it out. I can't arch all the way over once I'm up like I do because I don't want to stretch my belly that much, but um, I can arch still a little and I can get up and hold it. So I'm satisfied with that. I don't even care if I arch that much. I just like, I would really like to be able to keep it, you know, to keep, to keep that would be nice. Um, so the aerial stuff, I'm like, I, I would ideally like to train through the whole pregnancy, but not like, you know, not high in the air, not anything, just, just kind of very, I don't know, I guess to me, very basic stuff. I don't know what people consider basic stuff, but um, just kind of lifting up. I like to kind of invert, but not, not hang from the hips or anything. I don't feel really comfortable doing that. I'm sure it'd be fine, but I'm just a little cautious, you know, first go around never having done that before. And I did, I did some filming like in February. So I was like, I don't know, towards the end of the first trimester. And I did some, some actual skills and it felt very different. Nothing major, still very, very light, um, easy stuff. But it was like, it was different. You know, I, I felt the weight, the, it was just all different. And at first it was a little scary because I just didn't know like, what to expect, you know? And then it was like, oh yeah, I know, I know this. this is what I've done for 15 years. Like you, then you come back into it and you're training and, and you kind of like remember again. It just kind of took me off guard, you know, the first, very first time I got up and, and did some stuff. But I'd say overall, pretty good. I mean, with strength, definitely flexibility. I noticed my shoulders are a little more tight than usual so I have to stretch them more um but yeah I think I think it's good to kind of keep up at least a minimum a little bit throughout and I think yeah. that's okay yeah I mean man I wish I could have done that I was on pelvic rest because I had oh, a low okay. line placenta okay so they told me like you can't pick up groceries after week 20 oh, I was like oh okay. yeah okay. so I took a big break Okay. Um, but by the way, I just randomly, like the algorithm sends me stuff. Like I randomly saw this photo that you took um, in a hammock, right? It was a hammock and you look like you're keyed over. Is, uh, <sighs> is it like the one recent pregnant or totally from before? No, I think recent. Okay. I think recent. It was, it was, was it a white hammock? Yeah, yeah, I just put, that was a matern part of my maternity shoot, yes. It's gorgeous, and I'm like, what kind of Thank fabric you. is that? Because it just looks very, like, see-through, like, it's yes. sheer. Yes. I that, mean, I wish real hammocks wanted. looked like that. Yeah, right. they're not, it, it was definitely not an actual performing hammock. Um, it was actually a total pain in the butt to deal with, like, getting in because it was so thin. But we needed it to be thin because I wanted that silhouette, I wanted that light yeah. coming through so you could see the bump. And that was the image that we wanted, you know? So it was like, but I look like an amateur trying to get in there because I'm like fighting with this fabric. And I'm like, this is not, this is okay. Just, just let it go, Jen. And swallow your pride. You know, <laughs> nobody knows, but it, it, it ended up getting the result. The I love the picture. So I was, I was oh grateful. Oh my God, it's beautiful. And of course we all dream about having a performance hammock that actually looks like that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, the closest thing you get is a net, but the net works so differently. Did you think so about a different. net? 
I mean, I never really, I've, I've seen it. I've been around it. I, people yeah. that I know do it. I think it's really pretty in the like mermaid kind of situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, I actually like it. But as far as me performing on it, I'm like, nah, I don't know. I, I think I've always been so drawn to the silk fabric, whether it's hammock or silks, because it's so beautiful. The way like you get the tails and the way it flows and just, it's my favorite. Like it's my favorite app by far. It, it just is. I, I, I don't know. I guess I, I didn't, most people like normal, you would start like a lira or something, or even maybe straps and kind of work your way up. But like I said, because I didn't know these things, I just didn't, and I didn't know any better. And I'm actually kind of grateful that he trained me that way, mm. but I fell in love once I stopped being mad at the silks and frustrated at them <laughs> because they're so, you know, just, you can't fight them, but you want to fight them. And so then you do fight them. And hammock yeah. was like, even more, it was even more of like an annoyance fighting it. You know, you're like, I didn't know my fingertips could be so sore, you know, like this is after I've already been a professional aerialist on silks for years. Then I started doing solo performing and I fell in love with the silk hammock for solo. But it was like, man, that's almost even more annoying because then it gets all together and you don't know yeah. that's even harder to yeah, decipher. Fighting, fighting with your bed sheets for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that was like a whole, that was a, a whole mind game for me <laughs> starting. Well, and I really used my legs a lot to make it look like I'm not fighting with my bed sheets. So you don't have that tool. <laughs> yes. And so you have to, you have to work around that. That's so interesting. Like things I never thought about. Um, yeah. But I, I, I feel like I start people on silks all the time. And I think that it helps them build that strength, obviously at the beginning. And then you use it for, use it for later. Um, oh my God. Uh, would you ever open a, a space there in your hometown? People have asked me that. Um, as of now, it hasn't made any sense, but it's something I'm, I'm not close. I'm open to it. I just realistically, because we're gone so much, uh, I don't okay. know, like you could start it and have other people run it, but then who's going to run it here? You know, people don't, they're not, it's right, not like right. an aerial hub. You know, uh, it, it's just not, so I'm not sure if it's practical, but I think it could be, I th it's amazing how many people have taken at least some sort of aerial classes, like now, you know, 15 years yeah. ago, nobody knew what yeah. it was. People actually kind of know what it is now, which is like, oh, that's cool. Nobody knew what it was when I started. So that, that's kind of cool. You know, that's, Yeah. Yeah, whenever I see somebody who's built a whole career and then moves to a, a smaller market, that's always a thing that pops in my head because I feel like that's how the whole thing spreads. You know, mm -hmm. you know, somebody like you moves back there and, and you know, you are the focal point for for that, you know. Mhm. Mm yeah, it's you know. It could be cool. I mean, there's like cheer and tumbling gyms here and there's places where it could go in, in a way like it could work well, you know, with it, uh, that would be maybe more realistic or practical to keep. So it's something that I'm open to. And the community is so supportive that if I wanted to do it, I could do it. You know, I just want to, I want to, I don't want to start something unless I know I can actually like see it through, 
Of course. Yeah. Of course. Well, um, thank you so much for, for coming on. I would love to have you back, you know, after yes. you become a mom and talk all about that. You know, uh, I always love doing like a checkup, check-in after like a year to, to see how, you know, did the birth plan go as planned and, mm-hmm. and all the new feelings because, I mean, everybody's got such a different story. Like I was trying to mentally prepare myself for being a mom mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter what I did. It didn't help. <laughs> you know, yeah. like nothing I tell, told myself before she actually came into the world actually did anything because she, you know, she didn't want to sleep ever. Yeah. Didn't want to take a binky yeah. for any reason, you know? Um, but then other things were easy, you know? So. Right. And that's, that's kind of what I've, and I'm not even, you know, he's not even here yet, but there's, there's a part of it where you're just like, okay, I can do a lot, but then there's always going to be things that you just, you can't predict. I mean, that's already happened. So I'm like, yeah, I can, I can, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to, I'm, I'm excited for you. We'll do a check-in later. Um, I know this audience will be really excited to hear from, from you on these particular topics because I know you speak and, and your story is out there, but you know, the aerial stuff is very specific to us. So. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. Of course. Jen, thank you so much for carving out the time, your busy schedule, um, to come with us and talk about your life. It is a fascinating story and I wish you all the best, um, in, in this, in this stage. It's so exciting. All right, my friends, uh, roll it out, open for registration, Sunday evenings and Tuesday evenings, 60 minute virtual live rolling class with me. We focus on the aerialist problems and you know, I never thought it would be such a hard sell, but it is because people, like even for me, when I started to teach, I'm like, oh my God, I need to roll for an hour. I wasn't looking forward to it. And then I started and then now when I don't do it, oh my God, my body hurts. I feel way better even just with the hour, which is why I'm adding Tuesdays because um, I know it'll give people more options and then I know my body will love it. So I'm so excited to meet you guys um, on the Zoom All right, go to the show notes for that. Uh, And if you would honor me with a five-star rating and a review, it means so much. We are a slave to the algorithm here in the podcast land. Um, And then also Digitent Podcast, if you want to check that out. Health and Wellness Podcast, they've just added a couple more. We are growing. It's really exciting um, to be a part of this. And uh, you can check out any of those. The link is in the show notes. All right, my friends, I am so inspired by all the interviews that are coming in recently. I have so much more for you guys coming up, coming down the pipe. And yeah, have an amazing week over now. This is Carrie from Rapper Head Around Silks. This is the Expecting Paradise Podcast.